Hello, Team NXT, and welcome to episode 102 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm your host, CD Danny Mack, bringing you the UFP show that is all about the NXT show. It is Friday, November 22nd. We are just a few hours away from NXT TakeOver War Games 3. I'll have many predictions by the end of this show, and maybe even including a special guest by the end of this episode. But first things first, I do want to discuss and review the November 20th edition of NXT television. What an incredible week this was. What a go-home show to not just NXT TakeOver, but Survivor Series as well, featuring NXT as part of the roster and rivalries and match card for the very first year. Something that I've been personally clamoring for since probably 2017, right after I started the show. Wouldn't it be excellent if NXT would be included in that Survivor Series realm? And it's finally happening. NXT getting that recognition as that third solidified brand under the WWE umbrella that it has always deserved and Honestly, this is something that I do feel is overdue, but better late than never. Incredible, incredible weekend of wrestling we have coming up. Starting off with TakeOver War Games, ending with some amazing upcoming matches due for Survivor Series coming up just a few, a few hours away. We'll be watching two incredible back-to-back nights of wrestling featuring the NXT superstars. It's a bit of a cloudy and ominous day out here in Carmela's Kayfabe Kingdom of Staten Island. Kind of gives me the right vibes as we are heading into this massive weekend of warfare. And WWE programming in the month of November has been nothing short of what I've been referring to as beautiful chaos. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, you never know who was going to show up, when they were going to show up, what incredible matchups could be made out of the joining of these three brands, Adam Cole versus Dan O'Brien, Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. We've had incredible women's action as well, including eight women tag team matches just a little while ago on SmackDown. We had we had Ricochet versus Matt Riddle, for crying out loud, something that just a bit short of ships passing in the night that we probably could have gotten a little bit earlier on NXT television. So many faces and rivalries coming to a head that have just been fantasy booking up until this point, and we got nothing short of that excellence in this week's edition of NXT TV. So let's jump right into it. The man has come around. Becky Lynch returning to Full Sail University. It has been a while but we did not have to wait much longer to watch the man kick some ass. This edition of NXT starting off as successfully as some editions of Raw have with the women's champion coming out, making a statement, being as bold as Becky can be in the only way that the man knows how. Calling out her respective Survivor Series opponents. Do not forget about Becky versus Shayna Baszler versus Bayley in a very highly anticipated triple threat match between the NXT, Raw, and SmackDown Women's Champions. I loved a few select lines out of this Becky Lynch promo. It brought the fire and tenacity that we expect out of the man. Bayley destroyed all of her Bayley buddies. 
except for the blue-haired one that is holding her back. The Sasha Banks and Bayley relationship and tag team partnership has been questioned by many fans going up and down, heading as far back as to the boss and hug connection prior to this past year's WrestleMania. So to see that get called out and for Sasha Banks to be labeled as something that is holding Bailey back, that is a bold, bold statement by Becky Lynch. Becky did not forget to remind Shayna that she is here on her show, in her ring, under her lights. What was Shayna going to do about it? Seeing Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch sharing a ring in the submission back and forth that could occur... Those are two of the more complementary styles that are going to meet each other in this triple threat match. You have the Disarmor coming out of Becky Lynch. You have the Kirafuda Clutch coming from Shayna Baszler, as well as the numerous other ways she knows how to pick apart and dissect the limbs of her opponents. Bailey, kind of the dark horse as far as those styles go, but we have seen a new rambunctious and vicious side out of Bailey as of late. She turned emo just in time for My Chemical Romance to reunite and give us a tour, so I feel like something was written in the stars there. Uh, what's the what's the worst thing I could say? Anyway, Bailey, Sa- Bailey, Shayna, both getting called out by Becky Lynch, but Becky would not be met with either of those two faces in this beginning part of NXT television this week. Enter War Games team captain, Rhea Ripley. Rhea, very straightforward, very short-spoken, but those words packed a lot of punch. You say you're the man, let's see if you got the balls. And we would get Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley one-on-one to start off this edition of NXT TV. And this really brought a smile to my face, seeing Rhea Ripley getting to face off with Becky Lynch. If anybody like me out there has been listening to the newest WWE-branded podcast, After the Bell, with Corey Graves. I think it's a great show. I don't think it's as good of a solo show as this one that you guys are listening to right here, but I digress with my ego for just a second. Corey Graves got Rhea Ripley on the phone for an interview to discuss not only her wrestling roots and what's upcoming in war games, but opponents that she would like to meet one-on-one in the squared circle. And Rhea Ripley called out that she would love to get the chance to face Becky Lynch. So getting Rhea versus Becky to start off this edition of NXT television, really bringing a smile to my face. Really nice to see somebody's career goals realized and opponents of their dreams finally coming to fruition. Rhea would have the clear size advantage and an aggression that the man would need to overcome. But Becky Lynch is never one to dismiss or turn away from a fight, no matter how large the opponent is, no matter what the opponent's backgrounds in other combat sports may have been. Becky Lynch has been in the ring with Ronda Rousey, so stepping into the ring with Shayna Baszler won't be as foreign of territory, but as far as aggression goes and just the just the the, the the disdain for her opponents, I think Shayna Baszler brings that aggression on a whole different level. But Rhea Ripley never won to sell short the brutality that she brings to the ring. I love this match. I think that we got just a taste of a match that will be anticipated as a rematch in the future. Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley is a star. It's very hard to imagine that the same woman that came in all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with that 
rugby backgrounds in the first ever Mae Young Classic tournament is this very same superstar. Rhea Ripley in 2017's tournament and 2018's tournament, two completely different women. But from that tournament, she did gain a respect for her now teammate Tegan Knox and the toughness and resilience that she was able to overcome from this injury. So Rhea Ripley just keeps on growing as a credible contender, first ever NXT UK Women's Champion, so her resume can only grow and her star can only keep on shining. Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch, I don't have enough time to sit here and list those accolades from Becky Lynch. Let's just top it off with my favorite one of her career of Becky Two Belts at this past year's WrestleMania that I was fortunate enough to see in person. Really enjoyed this match. Again, highly anticipated rematch in the future. The disarmor to a powerbomb to a Hurricane Rana spot in this matchup. Just bringing the chaos. It was so hard to sit still, not just this past week of NXT action, but each and every week. My eyes are just glued to the action and the development, and especially now with this cross-branded rivalry. Did not expect for Rhea Ripley's wish made on After the Bell to come true so quickly, and I'm more than happy that it did. However, this match would not have a clear decision because the aforementioned called out Shayna Baszler and the Queen's Army would make their presence known and lay out Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley momentarily. However, however, Rhea and Becky would turn their differences brought upon by this matchup aside and lay out, not just chasing Shayna out of the ring, but laying out and delivering a beatdown to Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir as well. So the army would appear and get beat down with both of Shayna Brazo's rivals, both of her upcoming rivals. Shayna has to face Team Ripley Saturday and Becky Lynch on Sunday. So you got both people in one spot. You might as well try and use the numbers game to your advantage. I don't blame Shayna's tactics here. I do wonder if she's questioning it after it turned after the way it turned out. Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley would stand tall after this assault. So Shayna does have a bit of a full basket heading into this weekend. With war games and the chaos that we know is going to be due in that matchup to a triple threat match that you need eyes in the back of your head just as much, if not more, because war games, your opponents are going to come out in intervals. And Shayna Baszler's team currently has the advantage, thanks to Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, after last week's ladder match. So Shayna, Shayna's going to have to keep her head on a swivel just a bit, but an experienced combat practitioner like herself, I do not doubt her abilities to come away successful in at least one, or maybe even both, of these upcoming matchups, but it's a bit too premature to throw out a War Games prediction. I do need just a couple more moments to think that over. So Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch getting to share a week, share a ring together on this week of NXT television. Absolutely a high point in my professional wrestling watching this week. From that high point to something I didn't anticipate to being a high point, because here comes Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves now going by Kona Ratings, if you're into that sort of thing, with the AEW NXT, blah, blah, blah. You guys did not tune into this podcast for me to rattle off some numbers. Kona Reeves making his way to the ring for a presumable matchup against Matt Riddle would be taken out by Ricochet. 
Ricochet obviously taking out-of-nowhere lessons from Randy Orton, who he seems to have a bit of an amicable relationship with if we're checking out just his recent history of them on Monday Night Raw. Ricochet out-of-nowhere with a leaping dropkick over the barricade, off the barricade. It just came across from off-camera directly into Kona Reeves' face. And Ricochet took out Kona like Spider-Man takes out a mugger on a New York City street. So Ricochet displaying his pride in Raw Brand, showing up in bright red t-shirt. I kind of don't know how Kona was, uh, was unable to anticipate that. However, Ricochet would face off with the original bro, the king of bros, the super king of bros, against the superhero of WWE. Oh yeah, we got to see Matt Riddle versus Ricochet this week on NXT. Great back and forth action. It was quick. It was exciting. It was explosive. The moves that Ricochet is capable of are unlike any others. Matt Riddle, if we're talking still about experienced mixed martial artists in the world of combat sports, Matt Riddle was undefeated before a, let's call it questionable at best movement by UFC, but this turned into a WWE NXT blessing with the arrival of Matt Riddle on the black and gold brand. I really enjoyed what we got out of this matchup. I'm going to refer back to Rhea versus Becky. Another highly anticipated rematch of the future has to be Matt Riddle versus Ricochet. Give these guys 15 clean minutes with a clean, upstanding finish for either one of these superstars. Matt Riddle and Ricochet both having their own issues with Undisputed Era. So their NXT experiences do have something in common. Didn't expect these two guys to get the chance to go head-to-head, but I am more than happy that they got this time to. And the arrival of two other exceptional in-ring practitioners of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. All of the NXT alumni with their credibility intact, I'd like to say, but... uh. You know, Shinsuke's IC champion, always good. Cesaro, never capable of putting on a bad matchup. And what I meant by clean finish is Matt Riddle got a roll-up on Ricochet. Matt Riddle got one over on WWE's resident superhero. Take out the interference, let these guys go for some real amount of time, and let's see what the product of a great in-ring matchup between these two, once again, can provide. Cesaro and Shinsuke would strike Shinsuke Nakamura on NXT is something that I kind of crave for that Finn Balor effect to trickle down to some other to some other superstars who might have held the NXT championship in the past. I know Shinsuke Nakamura's IC champion, but I've seen way too many people on Twitter and even talking to my friends in person who forget who the Intercontinental Champion is. So Shinsuke deserves a lot better out of as of this moment. Personal take, you can't feature everybody on week-to-week television, but let's make the IC Championship mean something when it is around the waist and shoulder of somebody as capable as Shinsuke Nakamura, especially with the entertaining side that Sami Zayn has really brought to a light as his manager. And let's see what happens with that Daniel Bryan uh, controversy and uh, persuasion going as well. I know it's kind of dusty and Dan O'Brien has his hands full with the Fiends and we're getting a solid no at this point, but the numbers game could not hurt when it comes to facing something like the Fiends Bray Wyatt. Not here to talk about Survivor Series quite yet, so let's jump into the literal jumping into, or should I say jumping out of by Ricochet. Ricochet with a huge dive to the outside 
up, not just off the turnbuckle to the outside, but up and over the barricade landing on Cesaro. So the Raw and SmackDown rivalry came to a head just as much as a Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT rivalry came by as well. Shinsuke Nakamura lining up a Kinshasa to Matt Riddle, but would be swiftly cut off by a devastating knee strike by his Survivor Series opponent, or should I say one out of two of his Survivor Series opponents in Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong, a huge knee strike. Roderick Strong and Matt Riddle, as we all know, not short of history on their own, so Roddy would be taken out and taken down by Matt Riddle. Absolute chaos in this matchup, and absolute chaos being the theme of WWE programming as of late. Roddy taken down by Riddle, and Finn Balor would jump in to jump the original bro. Final flash, however, that big old knee strike, a lot of knee strikes happening, and a lot of potential knee strikes happening in this segment here. A final flash to Finn, the original bro, the king of bros, would hold down that ring of his kingdom. Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. First, uh, I'm devastated by the loss of Johnny Gargano and his in his incapacity to compete at a takeover. A takeover card without Johnny Takeover always feels like there's just just a little bit missing. I can't even rattle off the number of consecutive takeovers that Johnny has competed in. Consecutive, never mind uh, overall takeovers that Johnny Gargano has competed in. I know the numbers are out there somewhere and I've watched each and every single one, but just way too many to count on even two hands at this point. But Finn versus Matt Riddle. Finn Bauer, uh, if I could go back to another instance on After the Belt, Finn Bauer rattling off a few dream opponents of his on the NXT roster, including NXT champion Adam Cole, including his presumed opponent until recently, Johnny Gargano. And Matt Riddle was also on this list. So a highly anticipated matchup coming from TakeOver. The seeds have been planted just right for this rivalry. I do feel like it does have a big fight feel so far. Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. It's a four-match card this time around due to the war games and the huge time needed for those matches. So I'm really hoping that each and every matchup, four matches, hour and a half, two-hour show, let's give each of these matches a good 25 minutes to a half hour and let's really see what all the in-ring potential that is possible on this card can really bring to the table. Another matchup on that TakeOver card will be a triple threat match with very high stakes. Damian Priest makes his NXT TakeOver debut versus Killian Dane, the Beast of Belfast, with a bit of broken fingers, thanks to Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight. The Bruiserweight in another triple threat match on a TakeOver card. Seeing Pete Dunne on a TakeOver card, always welcome in my book. Killian Dane able to emerge and bring his monstrous actions to another TakeOver matchup. More than welcome due to what I've witnessed when he was able to bring it in his time with Sanity. And Damian Priest, really anticipated TakeOver debut in my book. I think Damian Priest has a look to him. I think the in-ring potential is there. I think the, the ability to move as a big man that he brings to the table is also something to keep our eyes open for. He's a New York City native, so I am just a little bit biased towards his ability. But the triple threat match, high stakes. The winner of this match on Saturday will challenge Adam Cole, baby, on Sunday at Survivor Series 
for the NXT Championship. An NXT Championship matchup is featured on the Survivor Series card. This is huge for NXT being prominently featured as that third brand of WWE. And Adam Cole versus any one of these three opponents could be a very good matchup. But Adam Cole's condition right now and what it's going to be on Sunday evening. Let's just think about what this man has gone through. I mentioned his matches with Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins over the past couple weeks. Adam Cole had a vicious ladder match that I'm about to speak to against Dominic Dijakovic, a ladder match for War Games Advantage for his own team. So much action and so much brutality will be featured on Adam Cole's body. The guy's best friend is going to be an ice bath after that War Games matchup getting ready for Survivor Series. Ladder match, two steel cages, two rings. Is it two rings and one giant monstrous steel cage, rather? Ends a matchup with either Pete Dunne, who's able to break fingers and manipulate joints better than Tommy Chong, Damian Priest, a big, formidable, promising talent, and another man that he has history with in Killian Dane, thanks to that Undisputed Era versus Sanity rivalry, also featured in a War Games matchup in the past. So Adam Cole is perfectly aware of the devastation that Killian Dane can bring to a ring. So any one of these three men is going to give Adam Cole a hard time on Sunday and even harder of a time thanks to what his body has been through between this past Wednesday, Saturday, and anticipating on Sunday. Cannot wait for that triple threat match. Love to see Damian Priest featured in a takeover. Love to see Killian Dane getting a proper rivalry with Pete Dunne. Cannot wait to see what the member of British Strong Style can bring to another triple threat match appearance inside of an NXT takeover event. But there's nothing quite like what these two teams brought to the table this week on NXT television. November 20th will be a historical landmark day in the book of tag team wrestling. We had the Revival, two-time NXT Tag Team Champions, Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Triple Threat, Triple Threat, Triple Crown Tag Team Champions of the top guys, the Mercedes-Benz of Tag Team Wrestling, the greatest team on this planet. Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder, the Revival, take on the first ever three-time NXT Tag Team Champions, representing the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Man, just doing the introduction for those two teams made me thirsty. This is a tag team dream match. This is one of those matches that you look back on great teams to come and go through NXT and wonder, what if they met in the ring? What if the first ever two-time NXT Tag Team Champions met with a team that has the tag team championship resume similar and thus overcoming the revivals in three-time NXT tag team champions. What if these two guys, these four guys got a chance to face off? What if these two teams got the chance to collide? This was something that you could only Picture and play for yourself on WWE 2K games. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, not really liking what I've read about 2K20 thus far. Uh, dog's uh, 
getting the dog a little too excited with my tag team discussion here. What a tag team dream match. This is something that I fantasy booked probably since shortly after NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. When you see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly able to come back in their tag team form, immediately thinking to myself a few weeks after, what if they got the chance to face off against the Revival? What if DIY was able to put aside their differences and give us just one more tag team matchup against KOR and Bobby Fish? All these what-ifs finally came to a head on the November 20th edition of NXT TV, a match that I just got done watching before I recorded this show, because just seeing that matchup once was not enough for me. Undisputed, FTR chance, full sale, absolutely split, and the show of respect for both of these teams was at the most high. This match had absolutely everything. It had psychology. It had story. It had chemistry. It had tag team chemistry of the highest caliber. It is the gold standard of tag team matches right now going across the board in pro wrestling. I don't care where you look. You're not going to find many teams that can hold a candle or come close to what the Revival bring each and every week. To what the chemistry and similarity and knowledge of where their partner is at all times and having each other's back like the Undisputed Era have in Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Nothing like the tag team brotherhood that the Revival have had for years and years and years growing up in the independence, on the developmental scene, through their history in NXT. Nothing brings to the forefront the importance and potential of what Tag team wrestling can be more than this matchup. Such incredible tandem offense through this one. We saw we saw so many signature movements dragging the dragging the illegal partner off the ring apron so tags could be prevented. Picking apart limbs of each other's opponent and making sure that both members were in sync on what the game plan and strategy was. This was an absolute tag team clinic. So many signature spots, so many smart movements made by each respective team. Kyle O'Reilly going for attacks on the outside, Scott Dawson merely taking a step back. The shatter machine spot in this matchup was unbelievable. You just think that yes, the Revival are going to come back into full sail, get this win underneath their belts, but no, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, too smart, breaking apart the pin, knowing exactly where the ring awareness lies. Having each other's back, so important in this matchup. You don't see tag team chemistry better in what these guys bring. And honestly, you don't see tag team rules followed. And you don't see tag team strategies implemented. Like not coming in the ring, knowing that the referee will get distracted by you on the apron. Giving the two-on-one advantage to your opponents. Cutting the ring in half. A familiar phrase that we know from, again, aforementioned Corey Graves. Just the veteran instincts that both of these teams had and displayed in this matchup could not be more spoken to. When I first watched this match, I couldn't take any notes. Eyes locked to the screen, jotted down a few things here and there during commercial breaks, which I really wish there weren't any commercial breaks during this matchup. But just the insight and being able to study this matchup to discuss it was a high point of my week. There's nothing I more enjoy than great tag team wrestling. I grew up in an era where the Hardys, Dudleys, and Edge and Christian were running rampant all over TLC matches. 
I grew up with the Steiner Brothers and so many and Harlem Heat and so many other great products of WCW's tag team division. There is so much potential in tag team wrestling when it is done correctly, and it was done correctly and to perfection in this matchup. Undisputed Era versus The Revival, November 20th on NXT TV is something us fans are going to remember for a long, long time. The ending was just as good as the rest of the matchup. Dash taken out on the outside, incapacitated, leaving Scott Dawson all alone in the ring, and a defiant Dawson would say, kiss my ass, before being a victim of the total elimination, the high-low attack by Fish and O'Reilly would seal the W for the Undisputed Era. So the Undisputed Era are rolling into war games with a bit of momentum in their system. An absolute shock to the system of tag team wrestling. And please don't go chance by Full Sail Faithful. Just brings, just tugs on my heartstrings. Brings a tear to my eye in what the Revival could do if they were given the chance to be back on NXT TV. Let's get them in the ring and let's help them form the upcoming tag division. Give me Revival versus Undisputed Era just one more time. Make this a series. Give them the takeover stage to do exactly what they just did in this edition of NXT TV. Just, I can't, I can't look away from the possibility of the Revival not being a part of the WWE product anymore. And it breaks my heart because they are so essential to being able to take tag team wrestling seriously in this company again. There are some dream matches you do want to see them compete with out there. I know Young Bucks versus Revival. Say what you will about the Young Bucks. I'm not a personal fan, but it's still a matchup that I would highly anticipate. The Lucha Brothers over on AEW, my favorite tag team on that brand, would be another great match. Seeing that no flips, just fists go head-to-head with a team that specializes in Lucha and giving them a serious, a serious emphasis on tag team wrestling and what can be. Give me the Revival versus a number of teams available out there. But if my heart is speaking truly, I don't want to see them leave. I don't want to see them go anywhere. I don't want this to feel like a farewell tour as much as this might be, given what we just saw in this dream matchup. Bravo to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Bravo to Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. The Revival versus Undisputed Era. An instant classic this week on NXT TV. Just when you think you'd get a chance to cool down after all that tag team action, we had more tag team chaos as the Viking Raiders being held back by security as the Forgotten Sons try and hold their ground outside of Full Sail. We would see Viking Raiders collide with Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler with the X-Factor Jackson Riker on the outside a little bit later on in this edition of NXT. But we had some women's action, a War Games competitor against a once potential War Games competitor, current NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray taking on Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai needing to bring that aggression, needing to show up and show out and not be overlooked due to this War Games situation. Dakota not selected for Team Ripley. Having one member of Team Kick or Team Fly Kicks of Tegan Knox on Rhea Ripley's team and Dakota Kai kind of being left on the playground by herself, got a tug at the heartstrings and rubbed Dakota Kai just a little bit the wrong way. Dakota Kai did keep her promise last week in having Mia Yim's back during that ladder match, 
but the aggression and the tactility of Kaylee Ray clearly on display as she joined Team Baszler last week. Aggression and determination on display by Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai wanting to prove herself as a serious competitor despite the number of losses that she has racked up these past few weeks on NXT. Dakota Kai coming back from injury. You could definitely count more losses in the column than the winning column that she has going on. I don't know what's I don't know what's up with Dakota Kai lately. She has all the offense. The kicks seem to be in as great shape as they have been, but Kai just unable to close the deal when it comes to solidifying her victories these past few weeks on NXT TV. Kaylee Ray, too experienced, too much championship caliber being brought to the table in this matchup. Kaylee Ray would drop a gory bomb on Dakota Kai for the victory this week on NXT, and that builds a little bit of momentum on the side of Team Shayna in this week of NXT television. I think Dakota Kai can get back on track. I think that her and Tegan Knox putting on a great show against the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championships this past couple weeks ago on NXT television, I think that that might be the sweet spot for Dakota Kai. I think Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox have a lot of potential to be a shining babyface team in the women's tag team division right now. I think it's kind of a shot in the arm that the division needs right now. Kabuki Warriors on a dominant win streak so far as champions. Heel Kyrie Sane, not something I expected to enjoy as much as I am. Kind of hard to twist the Pirate Princess into a heel, although if you know the accuracy of pirates and pillaging and just storming bases and taking over ships. I guess it's not too hard to think of a pirate as a bad person, but heel Asuka and the poison mist is bringing a whole new element to this team. And that's something I've been anticipating and really enjoying seeing these past few weeks of her in action. So Asuka and Kyrie Sane do need a credible babyface foil. And it's not Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I'll never say anything bad about Becky Lynch, but I'll say bad things about Charlotte because Charlotte is not a believable babyface. I don't understand why Becky and Charlotte paths always have to cross. I don't think it fits in the women's tag team division landscape at this point. So I do think that Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai can be built as that credible tag team to get one more shot at those women's tag team championships. I think Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai could be exactly what the doctor ordered in this division, especially with Dakota Kai's lack of success these past few weeks in singles action. Breaking off this matchup, though, we would have women's warfare of all three brands after this matchup, and it was so hard to keep up with who was out there. I know Dana Brooke had a few vicious strikes that stood out to me, and one of the highest points, speaking to Kyrie Sane once again, Kyrie Sane coming out with a Nikki Bella meets Brie Bella sort of look in her attire, which I found interesting. Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai with an interesting face-off and potential future matchup to very much look forward to in my book. Kyrie and Io on the same page just a few weeks ago. Kind of similar to what Io Shirai and Candice LeRae had, but probably a little bit more of a close-knit friendship when it comes to Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, given their experience in the Japanese realm of professional wrestling. So Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane stare down the standout moment of that post-match women's warfare, a very anticipated matchup. Io Shirai's moonsault versus the insane elbow. 
Give me all of the aerial combat that that match could bring to the table. Back to the men's tag team action, we have the Viking Raiders, Ivar and Eric taking on the Forgotten Sons, represented by Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Though if it was me, and I was was picking the potential of what two members of the Forgotten Sons would enter this matchup, I would have the big badass Jackson Riker and the ex-Marine Steve Cutler maybe taking on the rampaging Vikings going into this matchup. I don't know, just just a thought, although Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake do have more of the tag team experience under their belts since the Forgotten Sons have formed. And the rampage would happen right away on Wesley Blake. The Viking Raiders came back to NXT. They forfeited the NXT Tag Team Championships. Another team and another champion to never have lost their title on NXT. Viking Raiders dropped it. Viking Raiders had success over the Street Profits in their last title defense. And of course, the Street Profits would win in an unforgettable ladder match at TakeOver 25. This matchup, I, I wish I could take credit for this, but and I forget who I can give credit to, but it was on the another one of my favorite groups in the world of pro wrestling, the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. This was a battle of beard supremacy between the Viking Raiders and Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. So... Can't remember the name I saw post this under, but I hope you're out there listening and I hope the cow community is giving the support to the show. And if somebody could reach out to me and give proper credit to who said that, because that that was a good take. That one that one made me laugh. The battle of beard supremacy against the Suns and the Raiders. This matchup I kinda had low stakes for. I mean Jackson Riker always an X Factor on the outside. Anything could happen with the unpredictable and chaotic style of the Savages of NXT. But uh, I, I did enjoy this matchup way more than I anticipated. I, it went longer than I thought it would. I think that Cutler and Blake definitely showing why they're the prominent tag team when the Forgotten Sons are represented in this realm. And Jackson Riker always proving why he should always have... Why you always need eyes in the back of your head and on the outside when you're dealing with the Savages of NXT. Riker would be ejected from ringside after getting involved, and this would spell the end of the Forgotten Sons. However, a Death Valley driver by Cutler on the outside. Scary strength shown on both sides. So big props and big ups to Steve Cutler being able to deliver that Death Valley driver on the ring apron. The hardest part of the ring, in case you haven't heard. So, lots of scary strength displayed on both sides, not just coming out of the Viking Raiders' corner. The Viking Experience, which I'm I'm so happy it's not their tag team name anymore, but I still think it's a bit of a wacky name for a finisher. Anyway, uh, there were two hockey fights in two tag team matches between the Revival and Undisputed Era getting each other's face. There were cartwheels on both sides by Ivar and the Forgotten Sons. I thought there was a lot of fun spots in this matchup. Again, definitely surpassed my first expectations when I saw that this matchup was announced. But the Viking Raiders would win it in decisive fashion and continue their win streak in Full Sail University. Not a team that has been met with many losses in their WWE tenure. Disqualifications in tag team gauntlets? Yeah. Dropping their titles at their own will? Of course. But the Viking Raiders, their loss column is a bit barren, and uh, it's with good reason. Ivar and Eric 
Harry Hansen and Rampaging Row, if we're going back a couple couple ways into the archives of what I used to refer to these two gentlemen as, I think that they are the best big man team in the business right now. And I'm really looking forward to what the Authors of Pain could bring to the table on Monday Night Raw. Really hoping for a Viking Raiders versus Authors of Pain Haas battle in the tag team division. Please give that to us sooner rather than later. About 40 minutes in so far, Team NXT, thank you so much for hanging with me and listening. Whether you're on the road, walking the class, on a commute, you need background noise to get your work done. No matter how or why you're listening to me, I really appreciate you guys checking out the show and joining me on this road towards NXT TakeOver War Games. And it is main event time with NXT TakeOver War Games stipulations and stakes high in the air, literally, as that significant briefcase held high above the ring for Adam Cole, baby, versus Dominic Dijakovic in a ladder match for War Games Advantage. Who would get the upper hand? Who's going to get the handicap as far as the as far as the rules of War Games are concerned? The numbers game on either one of these teams' sides, where would it end up? Adam Cole versus Dominic Dijakovic. Adam Cole obviously outsized in this matchup. Dominic Dijakovic is a is a freak of stature. About 6'7", six, 6'8", six, large man from Massachusetts, Adam Cole. Not the tallest guy, but the craftiest in all of NXT. The leader of Undisputed Era did not get that way without some organizational skills and plans and ability to think ahead. And Adam Cole showing exactly why he is as capable of a superstar and why he is on top of the NXT mountain for as long as he has been, not just with the numbers game, but due to his own intelligence. I thought this was a great match. I think that NXT ending with two main event ladder matches is a pleasant gift to behold in the eyes of us as viewers. So Mia Yim and Io Shirai tore the house down with some NX toughness last week, and Adam Cole and Dominic Dijakovic did nothing short of the same in this week's main event of NXT. Dijak able to deliver some hard-hitting offense, and like I mentioned before, Adam Cole's body will be beaten up and bruised just heading into the War Games matchup on Saturday. Cannot imagine how it will look afterwards with a title defense hanging over his head at Survivor Series the following day. Dijakovic able to deliver a series of strikes and choke slams and sending Adam Cole crashing onto the ladder, beaten and bruised bad back and all. Adam Cole showing just exactly how tough you need to be to represent the king of the mountain when it comes to NXT. Dijak, however, would be sent crashing from the top of the ladder. Adam Cole swinging the briefcase, making that rewarding sound that would echo through Full Sail, and Dijakovic would be sent crashing down and through a ladder set up in the corner. And that corner ladder was an X-factor in this matchup, not just for Dijakovic delivering to Adam Cole, but would spell Dijakovic's demise, sending him crashing from the top of one ladder through another one. Adam Cole, baby, able to retain that briefcase for his team, and Undisputed Era will have the numbers game in their advantage for this War Games matchup. And this is a game changer for Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era going into this matchup already have something that the other side does not. Team Champa is made up of 
Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Leon Dijakovic have been at each other's throats for a series of matches. I know there is a respect there. I know the bad built, bad blood built respect between Lee and Dijakovic, but they're not a solidified tag team. They don't have the bond that the Undisputed Era has. Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole have been running roughshod over NXT as a unit and are the veterans. They're the veterans of NXT War Games, featured in both of the past War Games events. So that's already a huge advantage. And now being able to deliver the handicap aspect of this really does not spell good things for Team Champa. Now, I'm not saying it's decided before the match even takes place. Tommaso Ciampa, obviously a smart competitor, able to be NXT champion for as long as he has, the championship that he never lost, and Goldie will return home someday in my heart of hearts. I know that to be true. So Ciampa might be able to rally these guys together. And again, it's just it, it points to such an advantage for Undisputed Era because Team Ciampa doesn't have their fourth man yet. Maybe Tommaso Ciampa knows something we don't. Hopefully Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic are up to speed with who their fourth man is going to be. But Undisputed Era running as a full faction for as long as they have and now having the numbers game, it really does give the advantage to Team Undisputed Era. However, this matchup and post-match would end in a familiar chaos that SmackDown and Raw have also ended with. And I can only imagine what will happen tonight on the Next edition of Friday Night SmackDown. McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, a former NXT champion, would rock Dominic Dijakovic. And boy, when I saw those two guys sharing a ring, that's another match that I really look forward to seeing in the future. Drew McIntyre and Dijakovic can deliver quite a hoss battle in their own right. McIntyre would rock Dijak with a Claymore kick. Keith Lee would stand up for his War Games partner and rock Drew McIntyre of his own. Ivar and Lee with a stare down, but they would decide to fly and wipe out as many opponents as they can rather than going head to head with their own with their own animosity. And guess who would hold the ring? Adam Cole with a disbelief look on his face. Seth freaking Rollins, the namesake of this show, the first ever NXT champion, would rock Adam Cole and that's just a markout moment for myself if I've ever seen one. The first ever NXT champion colliding with the current NXT champion, two men who have similar styles. If there's one theme that the NXT invasions have given us, it is matches that we highly anticipate to see, whether it be on Raw, whether it be on SmackDown, whether it be some talents being brought back to NXT, like we saw the Revival and Undisputed Era do, tearing the house down this edition of NXT television. There is a number of possibilities for great dream matches that are just subtly written in the stars for us on NXT TV these past few weeks. Tommaso Ciampa, after watching Rollins take down Adam Cole and knock him out of the ring, Ciampa staring down Seth Rollins and dropping quite a MFR bomb, and I'm not talking about Matt Hardy version 1 and Mattitude Follower. I'm talking about that other MF term, if you could read lips, hopefully, as uh, as I did this, this past week. However, Tommaso Ciampa will never forgive or forget 
what he has coming to him on Saturday, delivering a vicious knee-to-the-dome piece of Adam Cole. We would see Seth Rollins and Tommaso Ciampa ends on this night with a hockey fight, another chaotic night featured on WWE television. Beautiful chaos. That's what we've gotten this week. That's what we've gotten these past number of weeks. NXT being featured in Survivor Series has given me some of the most anticipation for a Survivor Series event than I have ever experienced. I love the Under Siege thing with Raw and SmackDown. That was fine. But let's bring in another brand. Let's bring in that NXT factor. Let's show that NXT is the main roster. And that's exactly what these past few weeks of programming have done for me. I haven't been this excited to watch a Survivor Series probably since I was a child and got to be at Madison Square Garden live myself for Survivor Series 2002 and bear witness to the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Survivor Series, consistently my favorite pay-per-view. Probably the, no, absolutely the big four pay-per-view that I've, no, no, I've attended more SummerSlams. But I've attended Survivor Series on a number of occasions in my life. My favorite show, I love the traditional Survivor Series matches. I love the twists and turns that the Road to Survivor Series has given us with all of the amazing moments that we have gotten on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT with all three brands being represented in this unbelievable chaos. Survivor Series predictions will be coming out with my War Games review episode. It's going to be a very busy weekend for the podcast. I'm hoping that it lines up like this in just a matter of moments. I'm going to have to cut this recording short and jump right back onto it because I have a special guest joining me for some War Games predictions. A day one and essentially a day one member of Team NXT will be joining me and we'll be talking NXT TakeOver War Games predictions. But my NXT TakeOver War Games review show, hopefully I'll get to record that right after the show itself, get Survivor Series predictions and a War Games review show on the same card, on the same episode, in the same audio, whatever I'm trying to say here, folks. War Games review, Survivor Series predictions, get that up late Saturday night, Early Sunday morning, hopefully to give you guys something to check out in the meantime while we are waiting for Survivor Series to start. NXT TakeOver War Games predictions coming up in just a matter of moments. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this review of the November 20th edition of NXT television. And stay tuned for the War Games predictions part of this podcast. All right, Team NXT back again recording the predictions aspect of this podcast. Just got done reviewing the November 20th edition. Thank you so much for checking out that aspect. I am here with essentially a day one Team NXT member via Skype all the way from Sin City, Mr. Brett Perry. Brett, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you reaching out. Oh, thanks for having me, bro. I'm glad to be here. Now, I'm going to jump into all the War Games predictions and stuff, but I want to get a little bit more about you. Uh, you as a fan, when did you start watching wrestling? What made you fall in love with NXT? Just just a couple things about yourself. Oh, well, I, I started watching wrestling when uh, I was a kid. I think WrestleMania won. Um, so, early 80s. You know, Good stuff. They had the whole rock and wrestling thing. That's kind of like what grabbed me. And then, I, I mean, I've been off and on with WWE over the years, but NXT just really grabbed me when they started showing it on uh it was hulu where it started um after the after they went from the game show to the actual wrestling right 
that's that's when I started getting into it. When it became the brands that we all uh, know and love to this to this very day. Uh, I, I believe I met you through uh, another great group of podcasting guys, you know, Ant and Phil, over the guys over at the Rants, and who got next? Uh, another great group of people. Um, I know the Rants working super hard on the Wrestling Podcast Awards, where I'm nominated again for Best Solo Podcast. So uh, I know I got your vote. I'm hoping to get a few others out there. And uh, thank you for supporting the show, and thank you for joining me again. You ready to get in some War Games predictions? Yeah, I'm all good. Let's go. All right, let's run through this excellent card. We have Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle in a grudge match. We have team. We have a triple threat, number one contendership between Pete Dunne, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane. And, of course, the two War Games matches, Ladies Up First, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim taking on Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, NXT UK Women's Champion, and Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. On the men's side of things, we have the Undisputed Era going in the giant cage again. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong holding all the gold, taking on Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and one man yet to be announced. Uh, not really sure how this how this card's going to go. Not sure if one War Games is going to start it, one War Games is going to end it. So let's just run down the card from single to triple threat to the War Games matches. Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. Finn Balor making one hell of an impact arriving back on the NXT scene. Unfortunately, the Johnny Gargano match having to be postponed due to an injury. But I honestly feel that that injury might just add a little bit more of an interesting element to when this match eventually does happen. Johnny with a lot of bad blood onto Finn, especially if the Bloody Sunday on the steel ramp is attributed to that neck injury. But Matt Riddle stepping up to the plate. Matt Riddle not appreciating getting called out by Finn Balor, and the bro really took things into his own hands. But I kind of fear for Matt Riddle here. He did stand tall this past week on NXT, but this is not the same Finn Balor that we've all come to know. No, we're not getting the Demon. I don't want to... I've seen a lot of kind of speculation on that. Demon Balor has no place in this matchup. It is these new, aggressive Finn. The Prince has returned, and I think a lot of cards are in the favor of Finn Balor right now, especially since the impact he's made on NXT. What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't see them. I just don't see them having Finn lose essentially his first match back in NXT. It doesn't make sense. Like it kills all his hype. Um, you know, right now he, you know, everyone's excited to see him back. They're excited to see this heel turn, and they kind of have to build on it from there. It just doesn't make sense. And honestly, uh, Riddle can take the loss at this point. He's he's still going to be over. He's still going to be big. He's still. Um, a, a NXT title contender, regardless if he wins or loses. Whereas, you know, I, I just don't see him losing any momentum from a loss to Finn. And Finn's a credible loss. It's not like he's it's not like he's getting beat by you know Kona Reeves or somebody. He's getting beat by Finn Balor. He's a former Universal Champion. He's a main roster superstar. It's it just to me this is probably the easiest match to call on the whole card. Absolutely. Finn Balor not losing his takeover reemergence. We are in for one hell of a match. We all know the combat specialist Matt Riddle can bring to the table. And uh, I'm in absolute agreement with you. I got Finn Balor going over and this one as well. This new side of Finn Balor. I'm interested to see how he's going to win. Because it's not. I feel like it's not going to be a traditional Finn Balor ending. I don't know if it's going to be a coup de grace necessarily. I think there might be some underhanded tactics coming into play when Finn Balor unleashes this new side on a takeover stage. Yeah, there's a couple ways to play it. It kind of depends on like what kind of heel they want to make him be. Like he can be that 
that uh, cowardly chicken shit kind of heel that you know cheats to win. But I don't see them going that route. I think he's just going to be a heel who's just a jerk, and and he's just he's a legitimate badass, and he knows how to how to fight. And I think they'll, I think I don't think he'll win with a coup de gras, but I think he'll win in some aggressive way. Like maybe uh, maybe beat Riddle up on the outside of the ring and then roll him in something like that. I so wouldn't. I, 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 just, I don't. I don't see it going any other way. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing another Bloody Sunday on the on the steel because I'm I'm all in favor of that ending matches. We all know the aerial ability of Finn Balor with the coup de gras to end matches, but that Bloody Sunday move, man, they impact on on Matt Riddle's head. I could definitely see it. Uh, See it ending in an aggressive way there. So Finn Bauer for his first win back on the TakeOver stage, his actual in-ring debut, which uh, we've seen many attacks. We've seen this and that, but getting him back in a formal NXT TakeOver match setting and getting the time that I feel a competitor like Finn Bauer deserves finally on a bigger stage, I think uh, I think it's going to definitely be an entertaining matchup. Next up, we got... Oh, we got three hard hitters, one of which making his TakeOver debut. Damian Priest joined the TakeOver stage for the first time. Bruiserweight Pete Dunne back in an NXT TakeOver on a triple threat scenario. No title up for grabs, but the stakes are just as high. And the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane, as a member of Sanity, having a lot of TakeOver exposure. But this is a new, brutal, solo Killian Dane that we have seen. Lots of bad blood between these three. We've seen the great matches that Damian Priest and Pete Dunne are able to pull on each other. We've seen a little bit of back and forth with that low blow ending. I think there's a lot of interesting chemistry going into this one. I don't know who's going to compete against Adam Cole, but judging by what Adam Cole has gone through the past number of weeks, he's a uh, past number of days, rather, never mind weeks. We could go as far back as versus Dan O'Brien versus Seth Rollins on Run SmackDown, respectively. But, uh, oof. No matter who Cole faces at the end of this one on Sunday at Survivor Series, his body's going to have gone through a ladder match, a War Games match, and going into contend and put his title up for grabs on the biggest stage, arguably, of his career so far. Damian Priest, Damian Priest has a lot of momentum behind him right now. I think that he's a credible contender based on the way that he's being built. He's being shown in a spotlight very quickly. The Archer of Infamy could have painted a bullseye on the NXT Championship already, but Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne just has that championship experience and those championship aspirations. However, Killian Dane also a credible contender in this one as well because the bad blood between Priest and Dunne by itself could get in the way and have that monster just roll on through and force himself in the NXT title picture. This is a hard one to call. What are your thoughts? Um, similar. I, I, uh, I, uh, full disclosure, I go way back with... Uh... Damian Priest. To me, he's always Punishment Martinez. Um, True story. I've seen him live a lot of times. Uh, I've seen him in ROH. You know, he's he has yet to show like all that he's capable of in NXT. A lot like uh, Dijakovic or whatever his name is now. Dijak and uh, I call him Dijak. Dijakovic is just a mouthful to say sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, both those guys, all three of those guys, I mean, are just capable of crazy, crazy stuff. So, um. On a personal level, I would like Damian Priest to win. I think it's going to be Pete Dunne. Just because if you if you look at it from the flip side, like who would Adam Cole have the best match with? Even though he spent the two weeks showing, the past two weeks showing that he can have a good match with anybody. You know, he's been facing anyone they put against him and, and they're killer, they're killer, killer TV matches. 
but I think the best match that he'd have out of those three guys is Pete Dunne. I think the size similarity between Adam Cole and Pete Dunne would give a good matchup, but I do think there's just something about Damian Priest's presence right now that I don't think he'll win the NXT title, but I do think he does have potential to walk away with the win in this triple threat match. So to sum things up, Brett is going with the Bruiserweight, and I'm going to call Damian Priest on this one. I'd be happy with any three of these men going into this one, because we could go as far back as to the first war games with Sanity and Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Adam Cole and Killian Dane do have some vicious bad blood and history there, so there's a lot of things that we could recall. Pete Dunne, already one of the most dominant champions across any WWE brands, holding that WWE United Kingdom Championship for over 500 days, and... Like there's there's so much there's so much promise in this triple threat match. I'm sure we're going to get a hard hitting affair between these three credible superstars. War games matches. Let's go, ladies first, because I'm a gentleman. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim taking on Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Kaylee Ray, and Io Shirai. After that vicious ladder match to main event NXT last week, Mia Yim has shown that she is, without a doubt, in my mind, at this very moment as I speak to you, Brett. She's the toughest woman in all of WWE. Ladder to the ladder to the face, going through a ladder, still picking up, still picking herself up, ends appearing on SmackDown in that eight woman tag team match. Mia Yim has a lot to prove out there. I think that's going to do big things for Rhea Ripley's team. Rhea Ripley having this past exposure with Becky Lynch. I mentioned this earlier on the show, but I figured I'd share it with you. After the bell with Corey Graves, she already spoke about how much she wanted to look forward to stepping in the ring with Becky Lynch. So I'm kind of happy all things are going Rhea Ripley right now. I'm really hoping that streak continues, but you could never really count out Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler could walk away this weekend with two major victories, one inside War Games, and then walking out as the dominant women's champion in all of WWE. Something about something about Team Baszler with Shayna herself, Bianca Belair, who has all the potential in the world to be a massive star. Io Shirai's capabilities kind of speak for themselves. She's a credible women's contender for that championship or in her own right. We've seen her in that tough steel cage environment before against the team captain, of all people. And Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray has the veteran experience and championship caliber. Something about Team Shayna is really sticking out to me. I think that Team Shayna could walk, walk out of this cage successfully. Um, I think so too, uh, but I don't know if that's the right play. I feel like I feel like Rhea Ripley's probably the next NXT Women's Champion. Uh, I love her, and honestly, she they built Shayna up to be so unbeatable at this point that she's honestly the only credible one I can see beating her. And which 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 has to happen eventually. You can't you can't keep her the belt on her forever. So. Um, I thought they were going to pull the trigger with Candice, but they didn't. So Rhea Ripley's team winning war games kind of sets that back, like puts her back in title contention and sets that next match up. But she can lose just the same. I think we're going to see some shenanigans from the other uh, horsewomen, uh, Marina and Jessamine, and maybe even Dakota Kai, too. I don't know what Dakota Kai is going to do, but I just feel like if they've just been playing the sad sack angle with her for the past couple weeks and there's no payoff, it doesn't make sense. It's, it, there's just no point in it. So I kind of feel, feel like I could see her costing um, Rhea's team the victory. I could see um, her helping them win either way. I don't know. I don't know what they have planned for her, but I, I do know that it's just not going to be these eight girls. And all of them are great. All of them are great. Bianca, uh, Mia Yim. I don't know how banged up Mia is, um, 
but I, I suspect just the gamer that she is, she's still going to bump hard in this match. Um, I think we're going to see some awesome spots. We're almost, I, I bet money that Io's coming off the top of the cage. Oh yeah, Io Shirai moonsault off the top of the off the top of the cage. I feel like that's that's already set in stone and in many NXT viewers' eyes. I think there's there's a lot of there's so much potential in the NXT women's division. There's just like each and every week you look forward to what's gonna happen and these women just keep on making history. This war games match just solidifies it. I do like your point of Rhea Ripley being thrown back into title contention. If she can prove that she's a great leader for her team and somehow overcome this incredible arsenal that Shayna Baszler has built around her, including the including the remaining horsewoman. And uh, I, I think that would show a lot of Rhea Ripley as a leader and a continue to make history already the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. She could be that first woman to hold both belts. And I think that would really make some statements for, for that tough, tough Australian. Uh, I want to do talk about your Dakota Kai point because I mentioned this a little bit earlier as I was reviewing the show. Dakota has so many losses under her belt. I feel like that loss column has just been shining up for her ever since returning back from injury. I think she beat uh, she beat one of the hires. I, f- I forget if it was Aaliyah or Vanessa Bourne. I want to say it was Aaliyah. I know she has like that one victory, but then after that, from when she's come back from injury, I can't really think of any other matchup that she's won. She's looked good. She's shown that this aggressive side and this kind of new heart, especially ever since being told no from Rhea Ripley and that team, she put on a great match against Kaylee Ray, but again, came up short. She got a gory bomb dropped on her. I just, I don't know what's going to happen with Dakota Kai, whether it's inadvertently costing them the team. I do think that Dakota Kai has the potential to be an X factor in that matchup. She did keep her word when said she did have Mia Yim's back, but a lot of things can change. A lot of feelings could fluctuate between now and when War Games goes up. So Brett's going Team Ripley. I'm going Team Shayna. Either way, we are guaranteed to a historical, historical match in the women's wrestling in 2019. Men's War Games. Undisputed Era, right back at it again. NXT Champion, Adam Cole, baby. NXT Tag Team Champions, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And North American Champion, Roderick Strong, taking on Tommaso Ciampa, who will remind everybody, and I'll remind you again, competing still for a title that he never lost. Goldie's coming home at some point. Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic able to put aside their bad blood and build respect upon that bad blood. It kind of gave me Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan vibes coming out of a fierce rivalry to be able to team together like this. And a mystery partner. I do want to get your thoughts because I have a particular theory on who that last man could be. I really, really hoping that it's headed the way I'm, I'm going because ever since Matt Riddle got pulled out of that matchup... I feel like there's so many big what-if questions. What if so-and-so joined NXT? What if so-and-so went back to NXT to compete inside the War Games matchups? But I feel like we could not only see a TakeOver debut for Damian Priest, we could see an NXT television debut for the hottest signing to the brand in recent memory, former Evolve champion Austin Theory, incredible athlete. If you haven't checked out his stuff, definitely recommend going down a YouTube rabbit hole and kind of getting some Austin Theory matches underneath your belt because I think the man is incredible. I think bringing him in and providing another unpredictable factor in this matchup, I think that could be really big for NXT's division right now. And I feel like nothing can shine a spotlight brighter than the main event of a takeover inside a history-making match like a war games. Brett, what are your thoughts on this Team Champa situation? Um, Austin Theory would be cool. I think I, I actually totally spaced about him. I, I you know, because he hasn't been on TV, so I just I forgot. Um, I, 
was hoping it would be Velveteen at first, but I understand that he his, his uh, arm is still messed up, so it's not going to be him. Kevin Owens? I've been reading a lot of Kevin Owens spe- speculations, too. That's That's an interesting one. You know, Triple H made the play for him, but I, I kind of feel like if it was going to be Kevin, if they're going to bring Kevin Owens back to NXT, it would make more sense to turn him at Survivor Series rather than bring him into the War Games team, where honestly he doesn't have any stakes in that game. Whereas in Survivor, in Survivor Series, it would have a lot more impact if all of a sudden he helped NXT win. So I don't know. I'll go with Austin Theory. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I would love to. I, see, I would love to see Austin Theory on that big of a stage. Yeah, oh, it'd be great. It'd be awesome. And, and honestly, he'd probably, be, he'd probably have most of the high spots in the match because even though you got Lee and Dijak in there who will do some killer stuff, uh, Theory is like, you know, he's going to be like, you know, the quick the quick guy, the, you know, the crazy dives, all that all that kind of stuff. And Champa's team really doesn't have that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm Team Champa all the way. I, I just, Undisputed has been too dominant for too long. Yeah. And I know like they need to go down, and this way they can lose and not lose their belts. So um, it kind of puts a chink in the armor. It makes it makes it more exciting when they do defend their belts again, um, because you know, especially if it's against any any of these guys. Like I mean, if if uh, if Lee and Dijak start the Monstars again and go after Undisputed, that's match the year quality right there. Um, so. I just think there's too many pluses to not give uh, Team Champa the win. I like that you brought up Lee and Dijak as a tag team because, like I mentioned, that Danny Burch only Lorcan story. I love when that was told. Keith Lee and Dijak's rivalry has given us some incredible matches in that series. To your Kevin Owens point, and we're talking about Raw when Triple H did make the play for him. Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era jumping Kevin Owens kind of looked like that was a power struggle between the leader of Undisputed Era and Papa H. So I think that yeah. that little bit of tension might be enough for Kevin Owens to be a play in Team Champa. But uh, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, Velveteen Dream would be a good choice. But I do agree. I think it's his arm or the back injury is actually legitimate. I don't think Dream is going to come back in time. Although that, please prove me wrong on that. I would love to be wrong on uh, on saying Velveteen Dream isn't that isn't that fourth man. Uh, I I just have the strange feeling that history might repeat itself. The only thing that I can object to Team Champa losing is because Undisputed Era has that tag team chemistry. They've been rolling as a faction for so long. They have experience inside war games, whereas all these other competitors do not. So I do think Undisputed Era, as dominant as they may be, and something's got to give when it comes to their dominance, I'm not exactly sure if it ends in Chicago at war games. But there's a lot of things up in the air. Why make predictions if it's not unpredictable. We could sit here and spit back and forth. It could go this way. It could go that way. Not everything is as cut in, cut in stone and set in stone like it is on other wrestling programs. This guy got the edge this week, so they're going to win at the pay-per-view. It doesn't always play out like that on NXT, which is why I think this, this is so much fun and why it's nice to get other perspectives here. So, uh... War Games is going to be one hell of a card. We have a four-match card on TakeOver, which means that we're going to get some lengthy, good matches out of these four. Finn Bauer and Riddle, I would love to see them get 25 minutes or a half hour. Triple Threat match could go about that long. We probably guaranteed like 45 minutes worth of War Games matches on each side, whether it be the ladies or the men. I think we're in for some incredible spots and unbelievable wrestling TV. 
And Brett, while I got you here and I got another person to talk about this matchup, if that wraps up your War Games predictions, what did you think? And I spent so much time talking about this on the show, and I really hope you listen back to it. Undisputed Era versus The Revival this past week on NXT. It's a match I can't stop watching. It's a match I can't stop talking about. I wanted somebody else to chime in on this one. Oh, it's it's vintage, old-school tag team wrestling. And, I mean, but old-school old school in the way of the psychology of the match, but with, you know, up-to-date spots, movesets, that kind of stuff. It, it was great. It was, I mean, the chemistry between those four guys is awesome. Um, but... The realist in me knows that the revival is pretty much AEW bound. As soon as their contracts are up, they haven't re-signed with WWE, and I just don't see them doing it. It doesn't make sense. There's just not enough, you know. They they toss them a bone every now and then, but then they bury them again. So, whereas AEW is just banging on tag team wrestling, and it's sad. It's sad too because there's so many good tag teams in WWE. Um, but they just don't do anything with them. I don't and know what's... NXT, like, the only place where they shine. It's it's so rough looking at what could be in the NXT tag team division and then looking how it gets treated as this afterthought on the main roster. The top guys do deserve better. I've I've listened to... Uh, I listened to another good friend of this show, Mr. Warren Hayes, last night. He went on about how uh, it kind of feels like a farewell tour for the revival. And yeah. I'm... I, I hate to say it. I hate to steer into that way of thinking. Again, I'd love to be proven wrong on something like this, but it kind of does feel like their their ship is their ship is heading in another in another direction. And uh, you know, Dawson Dawson and Dash are too good for the situation that they're in now. I don't believe they should have lost the titles to the New Day. And I say this as a New Day fan. I would love to see this have taken place on that Survivor Series stage, featuring another credible contender in the War Raiders, Viking Raiders, whatever the hell I'm supposed to call them now. I feel like that would have just been the best blend of the experience on the independent scene and Japan with the Viking Raiders and Undisputed Era and how great of a tag team that the Revival is. I think that would have been the better triple threat match. But Survivor Series card looks stacked too. I'm going to try and put out a prediction show of that right after a War Games review. I'm going to try and record right after Saturday's War Games events. I can't say that it won't be... Uh, emphasized by maybe a beer or two on this recording, but uh, I'm going to enjoy myself watching on Saturday. Brett, I hope you do the absolute same. Thank you so much for joining me, and uh, I really hope to do this again, man. This was fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you. You're, wel- you're welcome. I appreciate I appreciate all your support, and uh, thank you for supporting Team NXT for this long. Thanks. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Now, if I could figure out how to use this this here Skype. In the claw. All right, signing off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brett Perry, Sin City Brett. At Sin City Brett is his Twitter. Be sure to reach out to him with all your wrestling conversation. Very nice gentleman. Very, very well spoken when it comes to putting his wrestling thoughts together. Very nice to have him discuss not only the TakeOver card with me, but also get another perspective on that incredible tag team matchup that was Undisputed Era versus The Revival. Drifting into over an hour, I'm going to let you guys go. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF. On Twitter, please reach out to me this weekend. NXT TakeOver War Games, Survivor Series, anything else that might come to your mind that you want to discuss, I am here for it. Follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. I'll be sure to put out a picture once this episode is posted. Check out episode 101 and 102 that I'm releasing today if you just feel like binging some NXT discussion. 
I'm sure some of you have some long drives or just some downtime that you want to tune in on some wrestling conversation on. There's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. Thank you so much for choosing this one to listen to. And be sure to vote. Wrestling Podcast Awards, sponsored by the Wrestle Hub, hosted by the Rants Podcast. These guys are putting in so much work and so much organization trying to get this show up and running and just putting out the best possible content for fan-driven podcasts and podcasts with a lot of exposure already, just as the like. Thanks again to Brett. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy War Games and Survivor Series weekend, and I will talk to you very soon.